In this week's episode, I interview David Mead, the right-hand man to Simon Sinek, talking about how to find your why. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tom Alamo. You can find me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everything, at, at Tommy Tahoe. Very active. Give me a shout there. Um, thanks for tuning in. This whole show is focused around millennial personal development, getting to the next goals you want in business and relationships, health, uh, every area of your life. And I think in order to get to that next level, you need three things, right? You need an undeniable work ethic, a very positive attitude, and a little momentum, which is forward motion with energy, right? So I'm hoping that this show, the blog, everything I do can help be that spark of energy, that momentum for you. I hope it does it for me too. Uh, I've got a lot of goals. I'm on the path. Uh, I'm no expert, but uh, I try to search out those that are and and help share their wisdom with you and and with myself. So thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Um, If you find anything of value here, the one thing you can do is head over to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, five stars. Uh, it means a lot. helps other people find the show. Um, let's get into this week. So this is a fun interview that I had uh, with David Mead. So <clears throat> a couple months back, I interviewed Kristen Hadid, who is the founder of Student Made, uh, and she works with uh, Simon Sinek, who is one of the most famous speakers in the world right now, really focusing around um, how to start with your why and leading with empathy and things of that sort. If you're not familiar with him, I I highly recommend you check him out, read his books, check him out on YouTube. Um, And David Mead works with Simon. He's worked with him since 2009. And Everything that David does, and this is self-proclaimed from him, that you know it's designed to propel people forward so they can make their mark on the world. And I've talked before with a lot of guests around you know having a really tight why or a tight personal philosophy, and his is just spot on. He says it confidently without hesitation. You know he's put in the work and the time on it. Um, and we talk about a lot. I mean, we talk about what the journey's like. Uh, you know, David's forty-one. And um, he talks about the journey from going from the mid-20s where he was a sales manager uh, like myself or like a lot of people listening and how that how he kind of evolved into the speaking and, and consulting that he does now um, and, and why that journey was so important. You know, he, he says, loving your job is a right, not a privilege, right? Everyone should have the ability to go out to dinner with their friends and family and say, well, I love my job. And it's such a small percentage of us that can, can really say that. And so he gives us some strategies for you know, backtracking. How can we get to that place? You know, how do you find your why? Uh, not only at work, but just in life so you enjoy it more. Um, and you can make better things happen for yourself and those around you. Um, so we, we, get in, we get pretty deep on this one, I'm not going to lie. Um, I love it. I loved hearing David's message. I'm actually currently reading uh, one of Simon's book books leaders eat last i'd highly recommend that i might do a book review on it soon um very impactful so check out david check out simon without further ado let's get into this conversation with david mead 
All right, David Mead, good evening, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into this. Uh, we were just talking, uh, we got connected from the interview that I did with uh, Kristen Hadid a couple months back, and that's been one of the you know all-time favorites from some of the listeners and from myself, just about authenticity. And I know you guys work somewhat together in a capacity with Start With Why. Um, and so yeah. great to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Awesome, man. So you're with Start With Why, which if if folks are not familiar, um, is fa- I believe it's founded or at least it's led by uh, Simon Sinek. Yep. And you know, I'd, I'd love to, I know that you've worked with him closely, you work with a lot of people and organizations about how to find your why and, and how that's beneficial. And we're going to get into that in a few minutes, but maybe just, let's just walk through your journey a little bit and how you landed to this position. Cause I know you, you've had, um, you know, an interesting path to get here. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's one way to put it. Interesting. It has been a really, really <laughs> interesting path. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting too, just because I, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface sort of my, my story with this, um, just, just because of the, you know, the audience that we're talking to, um, you have to remember that there is a path, right? So often, you know, when, when we're in our mid twenties or, you know, and, and I was kind of the same way, I was like, man, when do I get there? Like I, I kept seeing these people who were already doing it, who were already successful. And I thought, God, like, why can't I just do that? You know? Yeah. Um, but the, the journey and the path and the struggle and, you know, the learning and all that stuff is so incredibly important. So, um, anyway, with that, with that in mind, um, my, my background is in training and development. So I, you know, when I got my first real kind of big boy job, uh, I was doing, um, sales training for a, a, a yellow page company. I don't even know if you guys know what yellow pages are, but back in those days, <laughs> like that's how you look yeah. up somebody's phone number when like people actually let you know what their phone number was. Um, so I did that for a couple of years and I, and I liked it, but didn't love it. There was just something missing for me. So um, anyway, I, but that, that's my background. Uh, I met Simon, fast forwarding a, a, just a few years from that. I met Simon in 2009 uh, when I was the director of training for a, a little, another little sales company. Um, and this was before, you know, his first book or first Ted talk, like nobody knew who the guy was. And he he came in as a guest speaker to speak to this little company. It was about 20, 25 people. It was all a little startup. And he shared this simple idea called the golden circle, which I can give you the basics of that um, in a few minutes if you want to for, for anybody who might not be familiar. But it was, uh, it was a description or a, a model to talk about this thing called purpose and fulfillment that, I mean, obviously purpose and fulfillment are not new. Simon didn't, you know, invent those things. But this simple model, the simple way that he had to talk about it and just how he related it to how we naturally operate as human beings just kind of hit me like a cement truck. It was like it, it was like something I already knew, but it just sort of opened my eyes to a new way of thinking about it, of talking about it, and of being able to express it in a way that I hadn't done before. So um, I now that I had a way to articulate this thing and talk about something that I felt was super, super important... I stole his idea and I wrote it down into the training manual that I was writing for this little company for the, you know, for, for the sales training I was doing. Um, and I, he came back to visit us a couple months later. He, he came three or four times just to work with us and do some consulting with us. And uh, next time he came, I gave him a copy of the manual that I had written, you know, didn't expect him to read it. Uh, I still have a copy in my, in my drawer. It's not, it's not that good, but um, <laughs> he, uh, he took it and it took him a couple months, but he read through it and he, called me a couple months later and he was really surprised that I could hear him speak one time 
and turn it into something tangible, turn it into something that people could actually use. And so he asked me if I wanted to come and uh, and help with the project that that he was working on. Um, he was trying to, to put together an online course to help individuals find their own why, to find their own purpose. And so I said, sure, it sounds like fun. So I would get up early in the morning. I would work with him from like five to seven in the morning, and then I would go to my full-time job. Um, and I did this for a couple of years and I was doing the online course. And then by, you know, by this time, his, uh, his first book and Ted talk were out. And so he was starting to get a little bit more well-known. Uh, I was answering all the emails that were coming in. I was taking his content and creating little PDF downloads and just like a bunch of stuff behind my computer is kind of where I was living. Yep. Um, and, uh, I did that until 2011 or so. And then, um, this little startup where I was working just did not get it. They, they didn't want to pay me to, to, to try to do what I was doing there to help infuse this idea of purpose and fulfillment in the work that we were doing. And so they laid me off. And so I called Simon and I was like, Hey, I got some spare time. And, uh, so he brought me <laughs> a little time, uh, yeah. in 2012, I started doing speaking and workshops and facilitation and that kind of stuff. And now I, I spend most of my time, uh, on an airplane, um, yeah. helping individuals and organizations, uh, leaders within organizations to discover their own why and to start to, to build cultures around that. Uh, so let's, this is, in, I have a few questions. So let's take it back a little bit. So Simon comes to your company, right? Yeah. And I just want to understand this a little bit. So he, he gives a presentation, it moves you, mm -hmm. um, to the point where you, you might not have heard this, you know, his theories before something just struck a chord. We'll put it that yeah. way. And so you create this manual and you know, you, you give it to him. What was, what was going through your mind? Because that's not a normal reaction. The normal reaction is, uh, wow, that was cool. You're inspired for a week and then you go do something else, or maybe you write yeah. it down in your journal or you, you tell someone about it. It's not to take that big of an action put yourself out there in front of him and you don't really know what's going to happen. And you know, he, he called you back, which he didn't have to also, but what, what made you take that action? It's a really interesting question because, you know, I think about some of the other really inspiring things that I've heard or seen or, you know, been exposed to. And I did just that. I wrote it in my journal or I thought about it for a week and then I just sort of let it go, you know, and with this, yeah. um, I, I think part of it was, it, it was just, um, it was something that I, I could see would have application in everything that I did. And so I thought, man, this is like something that I need to hang on to because it's going to help me not just at work, but it's going to help me everywhere. Um, the second thing too, a little bit more of a practical reason, I guess, is I was writing this training manual anyway. And you know, like I had done stuff like that before. Like I, had, I, I used to be a sales trainer. Like that's what I did, you know? So I, I, I could write it, but what this did is it just, it added a layer on top of the normal sales training stuff that I already knew mm -hmm. that I think just increased the power of it. And I, you know, when I gave him the, 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 the manual, the copy of it, um, and this is something that I, I didn't realize at the time, but it's something that has been a constant thread for me ever since then is I gave it to him without any expectation of getting anything in return. I didn't mm. do it to get a job. I didn't do it to impress him. I didn't do it to get anything for myself. I literally just gave it to him and said, Hey, just thought you might be interested to see what you inspired. Like, here you go. You know, didn't yeah. expect anything. So, and I do the same thing now. Like when I go to an event or when I go to a, some kind of function representing start with why representing Simon, 
I literally tell myself before I get on the stage, I say, show up to give. Like I'm not there mm. to get more business. I'm not get them there to get that get get to have them hire me again. I'm not there to hope to get hope, hopefully to get a referral. Like I don't think about any of that. I literally just show up to give what I know, what I've experienced, you know, my perspectives for them. Um, and that's kind of now that you now that you brought that to my attention, it's interesting because that's sort of the genesis of where that mentality started. Um, but that's I think that's part of the reason that he did read it because he could feel for me that I wasn't doing it to get anything out of him. Mm. And so that started, you said when in 2012, so six years ago, um, that first encounter was 2009. So, okay. All so that, almost uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. Almost 10 years ago. And so how has your, your why, and, and I want to get into in a little bit how, how we can find it and, all the things you talk about, but for you personally, how has that developed over time and your time with him and discovering yourself? And, you know, if you have a clear cut sentence or two on your why, your philosophy, what is it now? Sure. So, um, it's really interesting because, you know, we, we, we do why discovery workshops where we help people discover and articulate a, a draft version of their why. Uh, and what I continually tell people is that like, that's not the end that's like step one. And then you can, you can take that forward as much or as long or as far or as deeply as you choose to do it. So I, you know, in the last almost 10 years, there have been times where I have been more conscious of it than others. There have been times where I've been so busy with other things that it sort of takes a back burner. I, I would say that was more toward the beginning because mm -hmm. it just wasn't as ingrained in me as it is now. Um, but the way that it evolved is first, you know, um, is is I, I sort of had the words and and the way that I that I express my why or the way that I talk about it is uh, my why is to propel us forward so that we can make our mark on the world. So mm -hmm. anything that I can do to help people take just the next step forward, if I can help people be a little bit better today than they were yesterday, if I can just help them make those incremental uh, movements toward something, so that they can go on and have the opportunity to do the amazing things they're meant to do in the world, like that's what fires me up, right? So. Um, and one of the things we talk about, and this was, you know, ingrained in me from the very beginning too, is this is not about work. This is about you, no matter where you are. So you have the opportunity mm -hmm. to do this at work. You have, you can do it at home. You can do it, you know, in the community with your friends, family, whatever. Um, and I would say that the, the evolution sort of was, I think the focus for me was more at work to start with, um, just because that's where I was a little more conscious of it. And, you know, when, it, when, when this is a brand new thing, it's a lot to take in and it's a lot to, to think about and to apply. And so I think I started at work because I was like, I can't do everything at once. I got to start in one place. So I, I sort of started at work and figured out like, how can I, you know, propel myself and others forward in that, in that sense. The last um, couple of years, I have become much more aware of how that why plays out at home. For example, I have a wife and two kids, um, and I'm constantly thinking to myself, like, how can I make sure that I show up in that same way at home? So that's sort of the evolution is um, the more I think about it, the more I'm conscious of it, the more I, I can intentionally put it or apply it into different areas of my life. Um, and and it, like any habit or like anything that we do over time it just, it sort of becomes part of who we are and we still have to be conscious of it because I'm not perfect and I don't, I, I don't show up that way all the time. But the cool thing is when I don't, I now recognize it and I'm like, ah, shoot, I 
kind of showed up not as my best self in that situation. Right. And then I can try to do better next time, you know? Yeah. So, so let's get into the process a little bit and, um, or, or, or maybe before we get there, let, let's talk about why you should focus on your why. And, um, you know, speaking from personal experience, you know, I'm pretty young, I'm, I'm 25 and, and thrown into, you know, the tech sales industry, uh, just straight out of college. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't, this, these are things you don't get taught right in college. No, no one talks about what's your purpose. What, how do you get fulfilled? All this type of stuff. And a lot of it's done through learning and, uh, and AB testing and reading and all these different, you know, learning about people like yourself. And, yeah. you know, for me, it's been, a process of, you know, I want to become, you know, financially independent. I want to really, I want to succeed at my job, which as you know, in sales is hitting your number and uh, selling a certain amount and getting the accolade of, you know, rep of the year or the quarter or whatever, you know, being the, the star on the team. And as that happens and you start to check off those boxes, uh, you start to think, you know, what am I, what am I really here for? You know, why am I really getting up and why am I really making all these calls or you know, doing whatever your job entails or whatever your life entails? Um, right. And for me, I'd love to hear you maybe uh, add on to that or, or correct me where I'm wrong. But for me, it seems like the why is something that it, it, it's why you get up every day. It, it's what propels you when, when you're tired. It helps you be your best self. It helps you be present. Um, it helps you, you know, pick, make the right decision when you have a challenging road ahead. Um, but, but where am I, where am I missing? Where am I off? Yeah, it it is all those things. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I was actually in, I was in Pittsburgh yesterday. I was, um, my, my sister teaches at CMU. And so she wanted, she brought me into her class because she does a lot of this, um, why work. She does a lot of Simon stuff within her, her classes. Uh, and so she brought me into her class. She's got eight students, um, in this, uh, musical entrepreneurship class. And one of the things that she wanted me to to talk to them about was like, why is this important, right? Because I mean, you, you graduate college and you get out into the workforce, and kind of the the goal is, well, I got to find a job where I can make money, where I can you know support my my lifestyle, where I can pay my bills, and like that's that becomes sort of the goal, right? Yeah. And so all those things that you said, but I want to back up to before we get to all that stuff, and that it, it really fundamentally comes down to. Like, I want you to, you know, for all of the listeners out there, I want you to ask yourself, um, when you were a kid, how many of you said, man, when I grow up, I hope I hate my job? Nobody. Like, nobody, right? We dreamed about being astronauts and doctors and fighter pilots and firefighters and all this cool stuff, right? And like we, whether we get to do those glamour jobs or not, and look, most of us don't, I I'm guessing that when you were a kid, you didn't say, man, when I grow up, I want to do tech sales. Right. (laughs) So most of us don't land the glamour jobs, but that doesn't mean that we, we, that doesn't mean we can't find the fulfillment and the meaning and purpose in those jobs. So, but what happens is because most organizations are so focused on the stuff you just talked about, hitting the number, getting the accolade, being the sales rep of the year or the month or the quarter, whatever it is, these short-term results-based goals, which there's nothing wrong with those things. The problem is they're out of balance where we're putting all of our focus or 98% of our focus on that stuff. And we're not really putting a whole lot of focus on the meaning and the purpose and the inspiration and the stuff that we should love about work, 
right? Whether we have a really glamorous job or not, we don't have to have one of those jobs in order to find meaning and purpose in the work that we do. So the reason that the why is so important is because it, it helps us to find that inspiration to know that even though we're doing something that, you know, maybe is, is you know, it doesn't change the job that we do, we might not have the most exciting job every day. But when we understand the context in which we're doing it, when we understand the reason, the bigger purpose that that, that, that uh, task or that role that we fill is playing, that's what brings us the inspiration because we all want to do stuff that matters. Like as, as human beings, we are meaning-seeking machines. Yeah. We want to find meaning. We want to find purpose. We want to find fulfillment. I mean, think a few years ahead, lots of years ahead when you're, you know, end of your life in the box, somebody's up in front of the room talking about your life. How many people are going to talk about how many how many quarters you were sales guy of the quarter? Yeah. None, right? They're going oh, to talk about the, the difference that you made in the lives of people. Nobody's going to care how much money you made or, you know, all the, the projects that you did on time or, you know, all that stuff ultimately doesn't matter, right? And, and again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm giving, I'm being, I'm exaggerating because I, I know that those things are important. Obviously, we need to make money. Obviously, we need to, you know, make progress and it's important to have ambitions and goals and that kind of stuff. Um, but what I'm suggesting is that most organizations don't put enough weight on creating an environment where we feel like we're doing something that really matters, where they take the time to, to find their why as an organization to give us what that vision is, what that bigger picture is, to tell us what we're contributing to and how the work that we are doing matters to, you know, the humans around us. And when we have that, man, it's, uh, that makes all the difference. Yeah. And I think we're in an interesting time now where, uh, to my knowledge, it's, it seems like the millennials and, and just the younger generation in general is more focused on this. Uh, it's less about uh, sticking in the same job for 30 years and you're doing it for the for the money and a lot of people are doing things um, outside the box and you know technology has such a way that you know you can make money doing so many different things nowadays and making enough so you can get by without the regular quote unquote nine to five job and you can quote unquote you know follow your passion or mm -hmm. do what you love to do um, and so a lot of times that that makes it, it still might get tough with a dollar. And like, you know, again, I, I like to just speak from personal experience. Like, you know, I have some of these things that I love to do and that I think I'm good at. And I think are, are part of the fulfillment, but you know, I, I do enjoy making money too. And, you know, sure. I do enjoy, you know, having the security of, of a job and, and I like all these different aspects. So um, maybe for someone that's caught in that scenario in their head where they're like, uh, man, I just love, I don't know. You know, I feel such a in, so inspired when I uh, am am taking pictures. I'm just making up an example, and mm -hmm. I love photography, and it makes me feel like I can see the world in a different way, and people love seeing it. But you know, I'm an accountant. Like, mm -hmm. how do you how do you draw the two together where you can fulfill you can feel fulfilled, um, but you know you're you're not maybe throwing away all of the hard work that you put into what you're doing now. Sure. So uh, there's a lot of stuff in what you just said. And I think yeah. the, the main thing that pops out is, um, so it, I think it would help if I just, let me just give you a, a basic overview uh, for anybody who's not familiar with, with Simon and the Golden Circle, just of how that works, because yep. there's terminology that we'll use that will be helpful. So um, this idea all came from um, a simple little model that Simon discovered called the Golden Circle. It's basically a bullseye, right? And in the center of the bullseye, you have the Y. 
in the, the center ring, you have how, and in the outer ring, you have what, right? And the basic premise of the model is that every organization and even our own careers operate on these three levels, what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. Um, everybody knows what they do. This is your job title, the product you sell, the service you offer. Uh, that's That's pretty easy, right? Some people know how they do what they do, which means how are you different or special? How do you differentiate yourself, set yourself apart? What's your, uh, what are your guiding principles, your values, those kind of things? How do you run your, your business or your life or your career uh, in a way that would be a little different than somebody else who's doing about the same thing? But very few individuals, very few organizations understand and more importantly can clearly talk about why they do what they do. And why goes beyond your job, it goes beyond products and services and results and money and all those things. Uh, again, those things absolutely have their place. Um, but the why is really about your purpose, your your cause, your belief, the, the difference that you make in the lives of people. The thing that really inspires you to get out of bed every day. It represents who you are when you're at your natural best, right? So this example of an accountant who loves to take pictures, the the accounting portion of that person's life and the photographer portion of that person's life are just two different what's, right? Mm. Those are two different things that that person does in their life. The idea is they their why is separate from both of those things. So if you identify yourself as an accountant or as a musician, and that's who, who you think you are, if, and you can't separate yourself from that, that's kind of step one is realizing that your job your situation, uh, your hobbies, those things are all just what's. Why is what ties all of those things together. So I, I love what you said in the photography example where you know it helps me to see the world in a little different way, to, to, to see new perspectives, right? If that's what you love about photography, my and you feel super fulfilled when you do photography, you feel like you're on top of the world, it's like you know, you just time just sort of fades away and you just kind of feel in the zone when you're doing that chances are that's something that really helps you to, to live or to identify with your why. The opportunity is when you figure out what that why is, let's just say for an example that this person's why is something about you know seeing the world in a different way or helping people see the world in a different way or to shift people's perspective so they can see things they haven't been able to see before. The opportunity is to do that same thing, to show up in that same way at work as an accountant, right? Maybe they can shed light on the numbers in a way that nobody has been able to do before. Maybe they can help people see a different perspective on the financials that a regular accountant or somebody who's just stuck in the day-to-day -day wouldn't be able to do. The opportunity is to live our why, to figure out what it is, and then find opportunities to show up in that way in all of the different what's that we have, all the different scenarios and circumstances, job, home, personal, all that stuff. Does that make sense? Sort of? Yeah. No, it does. It does. That was a helpful way to break it down um, using the golden circle. And you know what's what's interesting is you mentioned so few people know that bullseye of their why, and I think it's because it's it's not really a, a fun process. It's not an easy process. It's like a lot of at least to me, and it, as and this is coming from someone that doesn't maybe have a clear wine is try is trying to figure it out. Like most of the listeners here, mm -hmm. is that it's a lot of lonely work and it's really difficult, and um, you know you really got to wrestle with it. And, and so maybe you know, my question here would be, you know, how does one go about the process of finding out you know what's the, what is your why and and how do you just refine that and get it just so it's as crystal clear as like when I asked you 
you you could say you could say that in your sleep a thousand times like it was just so ingrained in you yeah so uh it's it's interesting that kind of what your perception of the process is it is really difficult uh but i I would say it's it's fun it's like it's a discovery Mm. process right it's really figuring out who we are so let's talk about how that works so um our, our why comes from our past right it is a it is a simply a reflection of who we are when we're at our best when we feel uh are most fulfilled when we're doing things that have the most meaning when we and we call it all kinds of different things when we're in the zone or when we're in flow or you know these types of situations are times when whether we know it or not we are living our why right um when things just seem to to work out when things just seem to be kind of going in the right direction and it just it's easy and it's it's enjoyable right um so our why is fully formed by the time we're about 19 or 20. There's some mm. science behind that, but um, based on our upbringing, um, the, the influences we had in our lives, you know, parents, coaches, mentors, teachers, that kind of stuff, this upbringing essentially shapes who we are. And by the time we're about 19 or 20, personality-wise, we're kind of who we're going to be, right? So any, uh, anything that happens to us after that time frame is simply an opportunity for us to live in balance or out of balance with our why. So um, if you think about, you know, your life could be something that happened to you yesterday. If you had an experience that just totally filled you up, right? That just made you feel on top of the world. And you're like, man, I love this. This makes me feel so, so much meaning. I could do this every single day. Um, you are living your why, whether you know what that is clearly or not. So the process is trying to figure out what that thing is so that rather than having it happen by accident and after the 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 event or the experience, we're like, oh, that was awesome. We can actually intentionally put ourselves in that situation more often, right? Because we know what we know what it is. We know what what uh, what that entails. So, it's a, the the why discovery process is just a storytelling exercise where we go in our past and we think of the most impactful stories or experiences of our life. Uh, and th- when I say impactful, it could either be like the best of the best. You know, that, that, those things that I mentioned that, man, it's just like I could do this every day and it's amazing and I love it. And by the way, this goes beyond excitement, right? This is not, oh, I could ride the, the roller coaster at Six Flags every single day. This is not like fleeting right. stuff that you do and then it goes away, right? This is stuff that really just fills you up. Um, impactful can also mean that the opposite, where maybe it was, you know, at the time, a horrible experience that you would never want to relive again, but you wouldn't trade it for the world because of, how it shaped you or what you learned or what you got out of it or, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So the idea is really just to find specific examples of those most impactful stories of your life. Um, And you have to do this with a partner. Mm. You can't do this yourself because I mean, if you think about it, we can't, I mean, like, this is why we go to therapy. Like we cannot see ourselves as somebody else can. Right. And so that, that outside third party perspective of somebody who, uh, who you know, but you don't know too well. Who doesn't? Who isn't? You know, doesn't have preconceived judgments about you. Um, they have the ability when you tell these specific stories, as varied as they may be. They could be from when you were six, or when you were in college, or you know, an experience that happened on a family vacation. And all of these things that seem totally separate and disparate um, have what we call the golden thread. There's a golden thread that runs through all these things. And these impactful experiences all have something in common. They all share a pattern. They share themes. There are certain things that are going on um, when you are at your best 
or when you're at your worst or when things are not going, those things are missing, right? So through telling these stories, we look for these patterns, these ideas, these themes that come up, and those really become the, the basis of your why. Um, what you do with those themes then is uh, we, we really kind of break them up into two different types of buckets, right? A, a, a why statement is made up of what we call a contribution and an impact. The contribution is what is my gift? Like, what is my superpower? What do I, what do, I do? What, what do I contribute? What do I give to the lives of the people around me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's sort of that thing that you can't not do. It's like, and you don't even realize that you do it because it's so natural for you, right? Which is why you need somebody else to help you find it. Um, so a contribution. And then the impact is what is the result of making that contribution? So when I show up and I make that contribution, what happens? What, what, what do I cause to happen for those around me? How do they feel? Uh, what are they able to go on and do? Like, what's the result of my contribution? So the the format that we use is to blank to make some sort of contribution so that blank, so that we have some sort of impact. So if you go to back to my why statement, which is to propel us forward, that's my contribution, so that we can make our mark on the world is my impact, right? So hmm. we, when you kind of separate those themes that come out into what's the contribution that I make or what are the contributions that I make and what are the impacts maybe that that has, then we kind of look for which are the, which are the themes that really jump out, which are the ones that seem to be bigger than the rest, the ones that inspire me the most, the ones that kind of, if, maybe it gives me goosebumps. Maybe when I you know, think about it or say it out loud, I, I tear up, something like that, right? We look for those. Um, and those mm-hmm. main overarching themes really are the are the basis for that that first version, at least of the of the why statement. So we at least get a sense of, or or an opportunity to put that feeling that we have into words. And then it's just a matter of iteration and massaging and wordsmithing and making sure that we find the words that really match that feeling. Interesting. It's interesting that you work. You say to work with someone else um, that can help, kind of. Cl- Put put the pieces together from what you're thinking about in your past too. It's hilarious. Yeah. I like when I do why discoveries with people. I will when I'm when we're done <laughs> with the storytelling part, and I've got you know pages and pages of notes and all these themes that have popped out. I will ask them. I will say, hey, like what themes do you see? And they're like, Mur. like I just told you six stories that are completely different. I have no clue. Like none of them seem to connect at all. And so I'll come up with you know, this particular theme that showed up in four of your stories and they're like, oh my gosh, no way. So <laughs> like we just, we can't see it ourselves. And it's a, it's a really cool exercise to be able to, to see things that we don't normally get to see. And yeah, it's really interesting. And so that's how you find your personal why. And I think a lot of the listeners can do can can take that as a next step but i also want to talk about the company why that you may work for or the boss you may work for and their why but maybe let's stick with the company to start okay and i think it's becoming more and more common for companies to really uh try to stick out with uh you know the impact that they want to have and being a conscious company or focusing on certain values that they think might you know, attra- attract and retain talent and, and that people can connect with. Now, do you think that it's, how necessary do you think it is to find a company that has the, si- uh, the same or similar why as you versus you are where you are and you try to positively impact and maybe teach the people where you're at 
about your why and that might help everyone get better. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, kind of going, going, yeah. It's, and, and, you know, I mean, obviously the ideal is if you are clear about your own why, about what you value, about the contribution that you want to make, the difference that you want to make, and you find an organization that's clear on their why and yours aligns with theirs, or you can see how what you do could help them further their cause. Like, dude, that's like Christmas. That's, I mean, there doesn't yeah. get any better than that. Right. So obviously that's the ideal. The reality of that is it doesn't always happen like that. Um, I would say rarely does it happen like that. Yep. Um, the, the good news is I think as more and more organizations are doing this work and actually articulating their purpose, I think you know over the next few years we'll see a shift where more organizations will be able to talk about it and they'll will be able to hire more based on that. Um, but for now, um, the the other scenario that you painted is a much more realistic picture of what happens with most people. Yep. Um, and so uh, the 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 goal or the idea is to show up every day and simply live your why and for the people around you, right? Your team, uh, person that sits next to you in the cubicle or whatever it is. Um, and as you do that, um, you, you absolutely can affect and inspire those around you to maybe do the same for themselves. Um, you, you know, we find all often that people who are, uh, clear on their why are, they, they just naturally become better performers because they, want to be there they want they know what they're doing there they have a purpose and so they're there they will naturally do better they uh, often get promoted they you know like and then they're they're in a position of leadership where maybe they have some influence to to do this on a on a larger scale but um the the one thing I, that people ask all the time is what if i discover my why and i realize that you know in my organization like it just is not a fit like i just yeah. I, I can't I, it's just it doesn't doesn't work um what we have people do is you know rather than put you know quitting right away give it a couple weeks uh and again just try to show up and and live your why and try to influence and inspire the people around you um if that doesn't work then you have a choice to make right either you stick around at a place that doesn't really support you in doing this thing that you're that's that you're so passionate about that you really want to bring to life um or you look for something maybe that's a better fit but uh no, no right answer for, for, you know, all the different situations out there. Yeah. And, and how do you, when your why statement is, is very clearly, um, it's clearly outlined, but it's also, it's deep, right? It's not quantifiable. Uh, and maybe you find ways to quantify how, how you're making an impact and how you're helping. Um, so I, I forget exactly what it is, but, but it's helped, uh, to propel people, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and move us forward. So how do you, how do you quantify or, or how do you measure success of, of what you're doing, um, on a day-to-day basis? Um, that's a, that's a good question. So I think, you know, um, I'll say two things. One is just because we're out there to, you know, if, because I'm out there living my why or, or trying to bring my why to life does not mean that I throw all the other metrics and all the other things that I'm accountable for out the window, right? Like I'm still accountable for things that I got to get done. I still have the checklist. I got the to-do list. I got things I got to, I got to get done and those don't go away. Um, so I measure my success, you know, partly by the things that I get to accomplish. Um, but the other, as far as my why specifically, I think, um, it's an interesting question. And I, I think the way that I measure it more is, by the way I live my house. So let's talk about that for a second. 
Okay. So we have our, I have my why, which is kind of that bigger thing that inspires me. Um, but it, it, it's tough for me to, to show up, you know, at an event or in a meeting or in a phone call or an interview and think to myself, okay, I'm going to propel Tom forward. Like, ooh, I, I, like I, I mean, yeah, I'm inspired by that, but I don't exactly know how to do that thing in every single situation. So yep. um, that's where I rely on my hows, right? My hows are the specific behaviors and actions that I can do on a daily basis that I can actually check off the list that are more tactical and tangible, that when I do those things, when I behave in those ways, that is how I behave when I'm at my best and it naturally brings my why to life. So for example, um, I'll tell you a few of my house. So um, one is uh, the way I say it is see the picture on the puzzle box. Like I have to see the bigger picture. I have to know the context. So, you know, before we hopped on here, you giving me a little bit of background about you and what you do and podcast and who's listening and who you've had on and that kind of stuff that helps me to figure out kind of where we're going and how I might be able to, you know, propel you and your listeners forward. Yeah. Um, second thing is, uh, that's one of my other house is, um, do the little things that make a big difference. So my big thing is if I can just do something small, right. I don't have to do something massive or huge or really well thought out or planned. But if I can just do something little uh, for some for somebody, then that helps me to propel them forward. Um, another one is meet people where they are. So if you've got listeners, for example, who have never heard of Simon, don't know what the Golden Circle is, rather than just talking about it without any context, I stop and I got to meet them where they are, and I got to give them a little bit of background, a little bit of context, because if they don't have that, then I can't propel them forward, right? So. Yep. The way I measure success, you know, on a more um, as to how I'm living my why is, am I am I actually acting on my house? Because if I am, that's what naturally allows me to do my why, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. That's actually a very helpful way to break it down. And so you it's not only focusing on that bullseye of the why, but also uh, having some pretty clear hows and and obviously your your what's. Yeah. I want to pivot a little bit as I'm thinking back to whether it was a planned strategy or not, but the, the career trajectory you've had and the work you've done with Simon. Um, it reminds me of, I'm reading this book right now called The Ego is the Enemy by Ryan mm -hmm. Holiday. And he talks about uh, one particular strategy, which is called the canvas strategy. Are you familiar with that at all? No, I've got the, I do have the book sitting on my shelf. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's, I, I mean, he's like my favorite author. So, yeah, um, cool. but, but so the canvas strategy is essentially um, when you follow behind someone that you admire and, and that you relate to and that, um, you know, generally uh, is someone that inspires you to be better and you kind of follow on their trajectory and you do the work for them and and you you take the ego out of play right and you have to do some of the dirty work like you're saying you were living behind the computer and mm -hmm. doing it 5 to 7 in the morning and you're grinding and it's tough on a daily basis but you recognize either consciously or subconsciously that as that person succeeds and you know uh in, in Simon's case gets more exposure and uh you know additional books and and ideas um you grow as well and you grow, uh, you know, your presence grows, but you grow as a person because you're learning from them and you're, you're kind of shooting up together. Was that something that crossed your mind throughout those nine years you were, you were under him or 
or, or is this kind of new to you now? Or, or was this like a strategy from the start? Like this guy's special. I want to kind of follow with him and learn from him and have him as my mentor and, and see where that's going to take me. Um, it's, it's interesting. And it, and it um, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, and I'm struggling answering it because the answer is yes, but, but with a caveat, right? Which is when I saw him becoming more and more, you know, getting more and more exposure and, you know, like, man, we're selling all these books and all these millions of views on Ted videos and all this stuff. I was like super excited. And I was like, man, like he's really going somewhere. And like, we're really going somewhere as an organization, right? And we started tiny, it was three of us um, for, you know, the first few years. And then now we're, we're a team of 26. Um, but what, what crossed my mind less, and I can't say it never did, but I thought, you know, what crossed my mind less was, hey, what's this going to do for me and my career and my notoriety and my me, me, me? Um, you know, of course I, because I have a family, I thought, well, shoot, I mean, this, this is probably going to be pretty good as a career. And I, you know, I hope, hopefully I can do this long-term so that I can support my family. And like, I have a, yep. uh, that's really, really important to me. Um, but that has never, ever been my first motivation. Whenever I have mm. seen that things are growing and getting bigger and increasing and, you know, moving in the right direction, uh, my first thought is, man, we are making a bigger impact on the world. And man, like we're giving uh, people the opportunity to find meaning and joy and love in their work, which is something we all deserve. That's always been my first thought. And then of course, like, yeah, if I start making a little bit more money because of that, or if I you know, get to have more freedom because of that, or I get to do this or that because of that, man, that's an awesome bonus. That's an awesome perk to that. But I, I think the moment that I think to myself, ooh, this is really good because I'm going to make more money, mm. I, I got to go do something else because then I've lost it. Yeah. And I think the caveat of that too, if if I were to maybe reread and, and pick my words more carefully from the way Ryan Holiday put it, it it's not necessarily so you will reap the rewards. Um, you might subconsciously know that that's going to help you as well, but it's also kind of fallen in love with some of that grunt work uh, with that person that inspires you too. Oh, totally. Cause I I mean, when I was doing that for the first couple of years, it was, had I been, if we, if I had not had a clear purpose for doing that, I would have hated it and I would have quit and you know, I would have gone and done something else. Um, But like, because I, and, and, you know, I got to the point where I was like, I, 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 I'm okay doing it. Cause I know what it's serving. I know what, what, what we're doing, but I, I, I just felt like I could give a little bit more. Um, and so that, that's the main reason that I switched over to what I'm doing now is because I asked for it, you know? Um, but yeah, the, 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 the grunt work is less grunt work if you know why you're doing it. Yeah. And I've heard you say, and, or write, loving your job is a right and not a privilege. Can you expand on that a little bit and, and what you mean by that? Yeah, um, that's actually from from Simon, but um, it, it's you know you go out to to dinner with a group of friends, and it's like winning the lottery. If you know you ask somebody how their job is, and or they ask you how your job is, and you're like, oh, I love it, and they're like, oh, you're so lucky. It, like, come on, like 
we all deserve to have that and we can right I, like i and i said it like i said from the beginning we don't all have to have these amazing you know jobs where we're in great leadership positions or making a ton of money to feel that um and it's it is something that we all deserve like yeah you know most of us have to have a job but what if it could be something that we went to because we wanted to not because we had to like that's it that's a, that's a right like we all deserve to to love our jobs and um it's really uh, imperative that organizations begin to change the way that they're doing things and create environments where people are people come before numbers. That's really what it really boils down to. If if an organization puts numbers before people, the people feel it, right? And they're the people are a means to an end just to make more money. And nobody's inspired to go make more money. If an organization puts their people before the numbers, the people feel that. And when yep. they feel like they're taken care of, when they feel like their interests are, are a priority or the priority, guess what? They respond in kind and they make the organization's uh, priorities a priority for them. It's just, I mean, I, I'm so tired of trying to convince organizations that this is how it works because, I mean, this has been a thing for several years now and there are case studies upon case studies upon studies upon papers upon articles upon examples that prove that this is how it can work but it takes a leap of faith it takes time it takes energy it takes effort and it takes patience and that's what most organizations are not willing to put in yeah that's interesting and it, and it also goes back to the individual of you know you mentioned uh you know not you don't need the massive paycheck, the the high up leadership position, like, you know, understanding where you are, meet yourself where you are, I guess, and understand, mm-hmm. hey, this is where I'm at right now. This is what my why is and my how. And I'm going to bring that every single day and I'm going to do the best that I can. And, you know, if I put in my, you know, my total effort and I have the right attitude, uh, you know, things are going to work out. And, you know, it's a long game for the people that are listening. And the majority of us are in our 20s or 30s, you got a long, long way to go. And so uh, that's something that I'm saying really to remind myself, like, hey, man, you know, just take it one day at a time, figure out the best thing for you. And, and you know, all that stuff comes, the rewards, the the money, the the title that comes. But you got to put in the work first and you got to do it the right way. And you got to like what you're you know, the one one of the main things I'm getting from you is like you got to serve people. You got to it's got to be about them before it's about you. And that's when good things happen. You're absolutely right. There's no shortcut to this. And it just like anything, it just, it takes time um, to, to get, you know, to the, to these types of, of, to, I mean, to get to a, a better position to where you are now, I mean, put better in air quotes. Right. But to, to really get what you want to um, it, you've got to build trust. You've got to build relationships. That stuff takes time. There's a, mm-hmm. um, a very wise friend of mine uh, once told me and tells me often uh, or reminds us reminds me often that um, re- it's it's better to allow things to happen rather than to try to cause things to happen. So rather than to go to work and to try to push for more money or push for the promotion or push for this or try to cause this to happen or just kind of go after that all the time, show up, live your why, recognize that when it's the right time, it will come. And when you're showing up and living your why and being your best self, you will perform better. You will work better. People will trust you. People will follow you. You will be an influence for good and that will get noticed. And you will then, then things will will just naturally begin to happen to you. And that's where the allowing comes in, right? And I've seen this 
in my own career in spades, right? Um, and, and, and again, it goes back to this idea of serving. Rather than showing up for you, show up for them. In everything you do, have a service mindset. And when people can see that you're there for the collective good, when you're there to serve others, guess what? Guess who they want to help? You. If they get yeah. the sense that you're there just to help yourself and you're going to step on whoever you need to to make to, to, to get ahead and to, to make it yourself, they're not going to want to help you at all. Right. And that's, I mean, you, you, you hear that from so many successful people that they have to, it's almost like they have to beat it into people's heads when they get interviewed or they write a book that it's about, you got to give, you got to give, you got to, uh, you know, lead by example. You got to put the customer first, put your employees first. You know, um, a lot of the people that I look up to have that type of mentality and it's, it's, you know, I don't want to get on my soapbox and say that I do it every day because I don't. I'm not perfect. Um, but when Neither you when you have those when you have those days and those times when you realize the right way to do it and you're putting others first, um, you know, real quick, I, the, the the time flew by on this on this interview. But <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was having a little bit of a, a tough week, and you know, the first two or three days of the week, I was just down. I was feeling low, I low energy, just just you know, it's one of those one of those weeks. And, um, you know, I decided I wrote down on a piece of paper that Wednesday night, I was just like, yeah, tomorrow, I'm going to be the most enthusiastic person I come across, I'm gonna be positive, I'm going to think about how I'm helping people, I'm going to focus on everyone else. And I did those the next few days that the last two days of the week, and it was it was a complete 180. I mean, it was two of the best days I've had all year. And it's such yeah. a it's a mindset shift to, to put others first. And it's so hard, right? That's why we don't do it. Yeah. But right. when you sort of even have to force yourself to do it to start with. I mean, the, the, what we get back is so much more than what we give out. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, any last words that you have here as we wrap this thing up? Um, so much wisdom. If, if I, you know, I'm going to have to re-listen to this a few times. If you're listening, replay this thing a few times. Um, cause David drops a lot of, a lot of knowledge and you got to check out his writing and Simon's writing and videos and everything. But any last words that you have for, say the 25 year old out there that's listening to this and, and really feeling compelled by, by some of the things you're saying. Yes. Um, put down your phone and go talk to somebody in person. That's it. <laughs> when you are hanging out with your friends, be with your friends. Uh, there's nothing that drives me more. And I'm only 41. Okay. But, um, <laughs> So I'm not I'm not an old guy, but um, it, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than to see a bunch of young kids, college age, twenties, thirties, whatever, out together, like talking to somebody else. Put down your phones and be with each other. Practice the skill of human interaction. Practice storytelling. Practice you know just being with people because. You, you have no idea how important that is uh, in the workplace also. And this is what, you know, so many people complain about with millennials is, well, they, they just, they don't know how to, how to build relationships. Don't wait to do it at work. Like when you're outside of work, like your phone has its place. Yes, absolutely. Use it when you need it. Uh, but when you're with other people, put down your phone and be with other people. Yeah, it's so funny. Nothing to do with anything else that we said, but no, <laughs> no, but it's it's actually hilarious because I just did a, a, an interview right before you, and I asked the same last question, and I got the 
pretty much the exact same right answer. <laughs> and so if anyone listens to these back to back, uh, I was just talking to Kevin Rose and, um, you know, it, I call it, you know, being where your feet are. And it's like, if yeah. I'm, if I'm at work, you're at work. If you're with your significant other, your family, your friends, just, just freaking be there. You're running, you're working out, just be there. You don't need yeah. to be on Instagram and at dinner yeah. or tweeting while you're you know supposed to be focusing on this work task. It's just, you know, one at a time. Yeah. Absolutely right. With the people. So that's awesome. Yeah. And and where to wrap this up, where can we find more about you, uh, about what you guys are doing with Start With Why on, on social media and in the book and everything? Sure. So, uh, I mean, home base is startwithwhy.com. Um, on there, you'll find uh, a bunch of stuff. We've got a bunch of free resources. There's also um, uh, an online course. If you're interested in finding your own why, you can do it online. There's also a book uh, called Find Your Why if you like to have an actual book in front of you um but all kinds of resources and videos and um stuff to, to help you learn more about all this awesome well thanks david i, I appreciate you coming on grateful I, th- I think i needed to hear some of these lessons in particular tonight so uh, i appreciate you sharing with me you got it thanks tom love what you're doing thanks all right guys thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the millennial momentum podcast remember you can find me tommy tahoe on Instagram, on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, uh, millennialmomentum.net for all of the info from this episode and every other episode that we put out. And please, please, if you find any value here, leave a review, subscribe, share it out on social media, tag me, I respond to everything. Uh, Thank you so much for the support, for the love, for the listens. Uh, Let's have a great December. Let's close the year strong. Out.